You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Bella, Bella, stop throwing your seats around. Boy, Bella, you are such a pig. Speaking of pigs, today we're going to be interviewing Helen Tucker, who has these heritage pigs from George Washington State Place. Oh, okay, that sounds great. And you're listening to What Were You Thinking? I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather. And I'm his wife, Linda. And let's get to Helen. All right. So um, we're interested in hearing about your piggies, and I wonder what what are their names to begin with? Uh, Rusty and Dusty. Rusty and Dusty. Oh, one of our birds is named Dusty. Yes. <laughs> now, are these the same um, pigs that your children had for 4-H or different ones? No, the same ones. They're probably about uh, four years old now. I got them from uh, George Washington's birthplace. They had, uh, they have a pair there, and they have you know piglets every so often. So that's where we got these from. And uh, what is the breed? It's Ossabaw Island Hog. O S S A B A W uh-huh. Island Hog. Oh, could you describe what they look like? Uh, well, Rusty is red uh, and black spotted. Dusty is white and black spotted. They have ears that stand up, what they call prick ears, and they have um, sort of a long snout, um, a lot of heavy, coarse guard hairs uh-huh. on them, um, and they are really sort of wild-looking pig. They're uh, descended from Iberian hogs, which were what the Spanish brought over back in the 1500s. And the Spaniards were real big on dropping off what, you know, sort of making their grocery stores as they went along, and they would drop off various animals in their travels. And that's what these are from. They are... um, These guys are two... Boars. They're not. They're not altered. Um, we sort of missed the uh, window for doing that, so we decided to just leave them alone. And they act like two brothers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Most of the time, they spend their time nuzzling each other and playing and and that sort of stuff. Once in a while, you know, it'll break out into a big fight, but that's very very seldom. They they get along there. That's nice. What type of things do they, if they have a little fuss, I would imagine it's something to do with food, right? <laughs> and sometimes I think they just get on each other's nerves. <laughs> being in close proximity. Yeah, you're sitting on my side of this, you know. <laughs> like being in the back seat with a couple of brothers. <laughs> and uh, they will go and nudge each other, but most of the time they're just... They're Buddies. Yeah, uh-huh. So they're four years old. And do, you have, do they have both an inside and an outside pen? Well, they've got a. They have a house um, that I built. It, it looks sort of like a. Um, Did you build it yourself? 
Yes, I did, and it looks like it. It looks like a uh, seven-year-old built a clubhouse, but <laughs> the pigs aren't too critical. Of no, <laughs> it works just fine. <laughs> and uh, it's big enough for them to go in and lay down, and it and they go in and they lay down, but they have a pen outside, and um, so they're spoiled. So they get to be outside a lot. Oh yes, they love it. And uh, so you bring them in at night, but then during the day they can be out in their little pen. That's right. I know they eat their food so fast, typically, don't they? Yes, they do. It's always a race. <laughs> and uh, whoever can... Now, they, they are... Uh, they're picky. I take... Um, they're very spoiled. Uh-huh. And I take um, whatever uh, leftovers I have um, from dinner. Right. And I give them that. And I go to um, one of the grocery stores and get... Um, sort of, say, out of date, but things that they've pulled of the fresh produce. But uh, And then in the summer, we'll go and take, um, they really like um, watermelon. So oh, boy. I will get cold watermelon when it gets really hot. Oh, boy, they would love that. Oh, yes. Cause I think it's wonderful. The whole thing, they eat the rye, they eat it. Do they really? Yes, they'll, they'll eat the whole thing. And that's the next question I want to ask. Do they since they have a tendency to overeat whenever they have the opportunity, have you ever noticed that they got a tummy ache? Well, yes, um, and uh, that was something we had to learn uh, pretty early on. And these pigs are really different. They they use them uh, for some diabetes studies because they let's see they tend to develop a non insulin-dependent type of diabetes because of growing up on the island. Ossabaugh Island is about 10 miles south of uh, Savannah, Georgia. And, you know, it's not a tropical island, so they have they go through uh, winter and everything, and food tends to become a lot less in the winter. And so they have developed this way of dealing with... Uh, the food that's available. And so they can go for long periods of time. Their body is very frugal in handling their feed. Oh. They can go for long periods of time without food. Wow. So one of the things you really have to watch with them is their weight. Because oh. They are considered the, the most... They're thin for a pig? No, they're actually... They tend to get the, the most obese of any of the pigs. Oh. And so you really have to watch how much you feed them to keep them from turning into... On the island, they tend to run around 90 and 125 pounds. And when people keep them, uh, they can get to be 250 without any problem. Oh, I believe that. So this is this a normal... These are not the size of potbelly pigs, are they? Well, there's some potbellies I've seen that were rather large. So these guys, I would say mine are probably... Um, you never lifted them and put them on the scale, have you? No, uh, uh, we had, my daughter had to tackle one one time because we were taking them to um, uh, the county fair, and the boys had gotten scared. They didn't know what was going on, and so one of them decided to take off and try to leave us while we were trying to load them up. Mm-hmm. He tackled one, and he was uh, a lot heavier than what we had anticipated. But they're they're about the size of normal farm pigs when they're about 
eight months old. I see. So they're not a they're not they're not huge. No, huh? Not like a Yorkshire Berkshire or something like that. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. And they've got the but they've got very dramatic looking tusks that come up. Oh. Oh yes, and uh, so they have a wild kind of look to them. They do. Almost like a wild boar, but. Maybe uh-huh. a little bigger or something. They're such big babies. Do they like to be have their ears scratched or anything like that? Oh, yes. They like to have their ears scratched. They love it when you pet their nose. Um, they love grapes. And Do they? Take grapes. They'll eat them individually. Oh, yes. Take them and put them in their mouth. <laughs> I just have to keep my fingers away from because they're such enthusiastic eaters. Oh, yes. Uh, those big tusks sort of act like scissors, and they, the way they meet... And I have gotten really pinched by those, and they're such gentlemen. Are they? Put the, you know, grape in, and they accidentally got my thumb, and he was like, oh, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it was not a grape. I'm not supposed to hand, you know. Oh, cute. Now, they've never had to go to the vet or anything like that, then? They're very uh, disease-resistant. Um, you, there are various shots that you can give them. Mine don't see any other pigs. Um, so I don't, uh, Don't have to worry too much about communicable diseases. No, uh-uh. And, uh, the only thing that we really have to do with them is just warm them because, you know, they do root around in the dirt and they eat whatever they find. They love acorns and their, uh, home sits under a great big oak tree. Oh, so they got the shade from the oak tree. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you take and run the garden hose in there so they got a kind of a pig wallow? Yes, when, when it's, uh dry and they need it, uh, we'll do that and I go in and uh, we'll hose them down. They're like most animals. They like it when it's their idea. Really? Yeah. They feel great after you've done it, you know, when it's very hot uh, in the summer. I'll go take the hose and hose them down. And, and uh, Sometimes they're a little insulted because they really do remind me of little boys that don't want a bath. <laughs> yeah, they're like, gee, mom. I didn't ask for this. Right. You know, but they go in and they like popsicles. Popsicles? Mm-hmm. They love popsicles. That I would love to see. you got to send us a photo of that. Yeah. and would uh, be hilarious. Just take this, you know, take it off the stick and put it in their mouth. And they're like, yum. Now, would you recommend a pig as a pet? For the average person, no. Pigs are, you know, well, they're very, very smart. Um, We've always heard that. Yeah, they are. They're very smart. You look into their eyes and... Some of them, it's like another person looking back at you. You've but I've heard that before, though, about pigs. They are very smart. And they're combined with extremely strong. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to handle that. And Are you quite strong? Yes, very. And they can do things that... Have they ever gotten loose besides that time when you were trying to load them into the thing for 4-H? Yes, when we were learning how strong they really were and how... how uh, adept at getting out they are. Uh, we did have problems and thankfully they're very nice fellows and they ran over to the neighbor's yard. They ate all of my daffodils. They uh, ran around on the front porch and of course here I am trying to convince them that they really want to go back. Well, no, they didn't want to. They wanted to go to the neighbor's yard. So they went over there and the neighbors had this beautiful garden. Oh no, don't tell me. Yeah, I was like, no, boys, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. They didn't, um, thankfully. Did you just r- push them away from that area? or? Yeah, we sort of convinced them. The neighbors were probably out there, too. Yes, they, were at, they, <laughs> they were like, we wondered who they belonged to. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you very far from your neighbor? Uh, they're, oh, 
about a half mile. So they hadn't seen them before? No, uh-uh. I'll be done. And so the um, the neighbors, it was a very hot day, and behind the neighbor's house, it's nothing but uh, farmland. So they have a, a wooded area in between the fields, and there, there was this creek. There's a creek in there. And once the boys found the creek, that was uh, I didn't I didn't see them for about four days. What? And yeah, they I couldn't get them out of there. They wanted, you know, one of the big problems with a pig is that there isn't anything. They're so strong, there really isn't a good place to grab. No, they're plump and yeah, you know, and and you go and you try a collar doesn't work on them and. And, you know, you see harnesses sort of like they do with dogs, mm-hmm. um, but these guys did not have that. And you need the dog whisperer to go in there with his little techniques. And they went and they rolled in the water and they lived like, you know, wild pigs. What did they, they just ate stuff in the woods for four days? I guess, and then they, they I figured when the food got low, they showed up on my front porch. Did they? Yeah, and I was like, oh. Good grief. You come on with me and we... Walked on back, and they went right on in. Came right to your front porch. Was it first thing in the morning? Oh, yes. They're like, we're hungry, Mom. We'll go back in now. (laughs) We'll be right back with more from Helen Tucker. You're listening to What Were You Thinking? What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Here's the story of a lovely lady who is bringing up three very lovely gulls. Join us every week on Wings and Things with your host, Susan Chamberlain, and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, that's the way we became the birdie bunch. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Welcome back to What Were You Thinking? I'm Bob Tart. And I'm Linda, and here's more of my interview with Helen Tucker. Yeah, you know, they, they only do this when you're, you know, I have to be at work at 9, and it takes you 20 minutes to get there, so... Now, how'd they get out? They just, they, they, they lifted their fence up. 
You mean the whole fence? The whole fence. Well, that's scary. Yeah, so we got them back in. And, and you put cement in the footing after that. I made a little call to uh, work and told them that I would be late. <sighs> oh, my. And did that, and uh, I made sure that the fence is a little bit better. And the guys don't even try there. Although they're stronger than they used to be, they're not quite as athletic. Maybe being a little tiny bit older has made them a little more docile, do you think? Yeah. Or something. Was that What age were they when they did that? Oh, they weren't very old. They were probably about, um, oh, six, seven months old. Yeah. So they were being like adolescents or something, you know, naughtiness. Yeah. They, out, they had a good time and they decided the home wasn't so bad after. <laughs> so then they came back and- that creek. I would have given anything to see that. I bet you were worried about I mean, like you knew where they were in a way, but you didn't know how long they far they would go. Well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, they won't follow. There wasn't anything I could really do. I couldn't get them to come. No. I knew that they weren't going to go very far. So they were on the side of where the neighbor is on the other side? They were across the street over. Oh, across the street. But they didn't bother with their thing. They, their beautiful garden yeah like that and they just went and they played i think they played till they got tired and it was time to come home can you imagine four days though i would have had a fit oh Oh, i was so upset oh i would go out we would call for them and i don't think they ever went very far and i i didn't you know hear any reports about wild hogs being seen in the area because you probably some of the people in the neighborhood knew that you had them and did you go around and say, by the way, if you see a pig on your front doorstep? <laughs> well, there weren't very many people to go talk to. We live in an area that has, it's a rural area that is becoming less rural, like most places. Right. But um, there were a few people that I could go talk to, but... You just figured they wouldn't go that far. I just figured they wouldn't go that far, and I didn't want to get, you know... People stirred up. Yeah, and I figured that, you know, it might... They'll get their gun out or something. Yeah, you know, I didn't want any. Stir it up. Now, do you have uh, you have other pets? Uh, uh, you said in your your email that you raise heritage pets that or animals that would be. Tell us what heritage animals are. They are uh, usually they're old livestock breeds that are people are trying to keep those breeds alive right, or going. They are uh, disappearing. They say that um, we're losing. Uh, about one heritage breed of livestock a month. A month? A month. One's being lost a month. So these are... You're doing a great service then. Well, we try hard. It is primarily because they are... The heritage breeds are were... A lot of them were developed before any of the, the things that help agriculture along came about you know there was the plow but that was about all people had going for them. yes and so they were designed to be hardy yes these resistance and have multiple virtues and they were developed to take advantage of the area that they're from Yes. And so, um, and they, the fact that a lot of them happen to be beautiful, like we don't, we have all kinds of, of poultry. I know the Dominiques, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Chickens are one of the heritage breeds. Talking to the, the old folks uh, call them Domineckers. That's it. Yeah. And uh, Do you have those? I don't have those. Uh, we have um, Dorkings, silver gray Dorkings. We have, uh, and they're 
Now, do you have sheep, too? Yes, we have sheep. We have uh, hog island sheep. What is it called? Hog island sheep. <laughs> Name for the, I know. I don't know why the pigs didn't come from hog island. <laughs> but we have hog island sheep, and they're uh, a remnant of uh, colonial type of sheep. The English put sheep out there back, you know, 300 years ago. And the there used to be people who lived on Hog Island. It was an island off the coast of Virginia. And then, and they really didn't have much input from any other sheep. I think there's been, uh, back in the 50s, they put a, a ram of a different bloodline in there. But it's pretty much... They're like they were then. Mm-hmm. And they would go and collect them and shear them once a year. And then um, Hog Island... The, uh, one of the hurricanes came through and basically forced majority of people off the island, and then finally everybody moved off. And then back about 1974 or something, uh, the Nature Conservancy bought the island, and they removed all of the sheep from the island because they said they were not part of the natural wildlife on the island, even though they'd been there for several hundred years. Yes. They decided that they needed to be gone, and most of them, an awful lot of the uh, Hog Island sheep were sold at market, but a few of uh, the historical places like Dunstan Hall and Mount Vernon, George Washington's birthplace, those places managed to get a hold of the sheep. I'm glad. And so there are less than 200 Wow, that's not too many. Yeah. Now, you said you have some of those? We have some of those, and they're charming. Now, do they, they're in the barn. You have a, do you have a big barn, too? Yeah, I do. So they are in, in the big barn, or where are they, they in proximity to the pigs? Of their own. They are, they have a place where they can get out of the weather if they so choose. They're a very independent type of sheep. Now, they never run loose outside that they, so that they come over to the pig's pen and touch noses or anything like that, do they? They're supposed to, no. Every once in a while, they foil my fences. <laughs> but uh, they're not supposed to, and I don't think pigs and sheep... Uh, they don't do. really, no. <laughs> but, you know, the pigs will eat grass just like sheep will. Do they? Yeah, they'll go along, and it's a funny thing to watch because I never expected it. And they'll go along and they'll munch it. I take hay and give it to the pigs sometimes. Because usually in a pen of any type, with mo- at least with chickens and ducks, there's never a blade of grass in there after a certain, even oh, if you plant it. Desolate, yeah. So I'm sure that would be the same way with pigs. Oh, yes, and sheep can do the same thing to theirs. Right now we're in a drought situation here and the sheep have managed to decimate a lot of their area. I can believe it. We have the same problem here. It's been a dry year. Yeah, it has been. Very bad. We've had some rain lately, but in general the summer was extremely dry. Yes, and the the, uh, grass, um, I've had to, I've been feeding hay since uh, July. Wow. Sad, very sad. Yeah, they miss all the natural greens. So you feed them like twice a day or something like that? Well, the um, now that they're so big and I have to watch their weight, we feed them once a day, and they uh, get fed in the evening, usually right around dinner time. Oh, I bet they like that. Now, they seem to like you, it sounds like. Yes, I think they do. Do they um, do they use different voices to express different emotions or express themselves in different ways? Oh yeah, they are they're very vocal animals. And uh, I've heard them when they're fighting. That's always an interesting uh, sound. Pigs, pigs can sound. They, 
I figured out that they use a lot of their noises in horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> they have some of the worst sounds, like when they get excited. Oh, I've heard that at the fair. Oh, yeah. They are really violent sounding when they get worked up. Yeah, even when it's a good thing. <laughs> and then their dinner and it's delicious. When they hear you coming, they probably start vocalizing. Yeah, they sound like you're turning a cat inside out or something. It's horrible. <laughs> they, uh, but they, it's funny because we went up and we talked to the pigs at the fair. And uh, the happy sound is sort of a... Oh, oh. Right, right. You know, they're general talk. Right, right. And so we went up and we did the... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and the pigs looked at us like, oh, you speak our language. <laughs> they came up and they... Yeah, and uh, that's their calm sound. Yeah, that's so. That's the one we try to uh, push a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the uh, desirable sound. Yes. <laughs> the one you don't have to plug your ears for. Oh, 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 they sound so delightful. They're a lot of fun. They are um, a big responsibility. They're a lot more animal than. Um, it's nice of you to keep them. Yeah, and uh, they're uh, destined to. Uh, they say they generally live about 25 years, and so we'll get to find out. That long? Yes. Wow. These uh, these fellows are, and they get so they know the people. Uh, my husband is, um, due to his work, is here and he's gone a lot. So he's not the one who goes out and feeds them every day. They love mom. Oh, yeah. When they come up and look at him, they're like, mm, Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Different expression on their face. They do, they do, and they'll they'll come and be. They'll talk differently to us, and they will to him. I believe. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, he has to. Every when he's home, he has to go and. and uh, one of their favorite treats are the oatmeal um, breakfast bars, and you go out there and and you can win big friends with them. Oh, I'll bet. Oh, they just sound delightful. I want to thank you so much for all the information and sharing the thoughts about your pigs. They they just sound such fun. And the for other information you told us about the heritage animals and everything, it just was such such fun hearing about them. Keep us posted if anything interesting happens with them or do. something I'll funny they do. The uh, popsicle picture done sometime for me. Oh, I would just love that. <laughs> it, was, it was such fun talking to you, Helen. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for calling. Thank you so much. I'll let you talk to Bob again. Okay. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Bob Tark, and I would like to thank Helen Tucker and my wife, Linda, for hogging the entire show this week. Thanks a lot. Anytime, Linda. And we would like you to hog one of our shows as well. Isn't that right, Linda? We would love to hear from you. We know you got a good pet story. We want to hear it. Now, the subject of what were you thinking, of course, is exotic pets. And we'd like to remind people that that doesn't mean having a pet orangutan or elephant or giraffe. Exotic pets has a completely different meaning. Just something other than cats and dogs. That's an exotic pet. Yeah, I remember how surprised we were a few years ago when we took our rabbit to the veterinarian, and the vet started referring to our rabbit as an exotic, and I thought... We what? thought it was just a plain rabbit. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's exotic... What are you talking about? It's exotic about a bunny, but uh, in fact, so many veterinarians just deal with dogs and cats that that's how the term got started. That Anything else is referred to as exotics. So what that means is, 
We'd like to hear about any kind of bird that you might have. Rabbits, ducks, chickens, geese, sheep, goats, any anything else other than dogs and cats. Yeah, bring on that livestock. If you consider your uh, horse or your cow a pet, then we want to we want to hear about your horse. We know that you have a good pet story. We want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, we got an email this week from uh, someone who was telling us about a pet gerbil, and uh, we're hoping that uh, that listener might want to come on our show. And um, you know, maybe you have a pet ant that you have interesting stories about. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but uh, whatever. We did have uh, Wade on a couple weeks ago, and Wade was talking about some insects, um, tarantulas that he has as pets. And, you know, there's just lots of stories and lots of animals out there. So um, if we, you just like carrying on a conversation with your friend, there's nothing formal about it. It's just uh, you talking to us in a very casual way about your pet. That's right. So the way to get on the show is just to email bob at petliferadio.com. And when you email us, you know, tell us what kind of animal you have and tell us, you know, a couple little interesting facts about that animal. And um, then we'll get back with you. Yeah, we love hearing stories about the things, you know, well, just the everyday things and the, just the things that you th- think are cute or funny or interesting or out of the ordinary. Yeah, I mean, to start with, uh, say you have a, a pet gerbil or a hamster, we want to know what it takes to care for that animal. And then we also want to hear an interesting story. Well, just some little thing that he's done or she's done. Yep, that's exactly Nothing right. Nothing to it more than that. Nope. So. We want to remind you to do that, and uh, speaking of reminding, let me also tell you that uh, if you are interested in reading about pet birds or rabbits or cats, that uh, I've got a couple books out. The first one is called Enslaved by Ducks. It's a great book. Thank you, Linda. And, uh, of course, Linda is one of the main characters uh, in the book, and it tells about, Enslaved by Ducks tells about how we ended up over the space of about 10 years with, at that point, a couple dozen animals in our house. Mm-hmm. And then the second book, Fall Weather, talks about life with... A little about, later period. A little later period with about 39 animals. And uh, those are, uh, as I said, the rabbits and uh, just all kinds of animals. Chickens, ducks, yep, all kinds I of things. I think you'll enjoy it. So They're both wonderful books. Th- thank you. And, and you'll enjoy reading about Linda. Well, I don't know about that, but... Well, thank you so much for listening to What Were You Thinking? Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, next week, uh, Linda and I are, well, we're going to hog the show. We're going to talk about how you can have experiences with pets just sort of on a short-term basis. In other words, if you don't have time all year to have pets, you can become a volunteer rehabber. And that's a good way to help nature. Help nature and just on kind of a, a short term basis uh, enjoy animals. So we will tell you how to do that. And we're also going to share some stories about some birds that we've rehabbed. We hope you'll enjoy the show. So bye bye. Thanks to bye our bye. listeners and thanks so much to our producers yep. in a cave somewhere in Antarctica. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.